0: book 2 chapter 8 of the world's desire this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by annie hill the world's desire by h rider haggard chapter 8 the loosing of the spirit of ray ray the priest had fled with what speed he might from the gates of death those gates that guarded the loveliness of helen and opened only upon men doomed to die the old man was heavy at heart for he loved the wanderer among the dark children of Cam, he had seen none like this achaean none so goodly so strong and so well versed in all arts of war he remembered how this man had saved the life of her he loved above all women of meriamun the moon child the fairest queen who had sat upon the throne of egypt the fairest and the most learned save Taya only he bethought him of the wanderer's beauty as he stood upon the board while the long shafts hailed down the hall then he recalled the vision of meriamun which she had told him long years ago, and the shadow in a golden helm which watched the changed Hataska. The more he thought, the more he was perplexed and lost in wonder, what did the gods intend? Of one thing he was sure, the leaders of the host of dreams had mocked Meriamun. The man of her vision would never be her love. He had gone to meet his doom, at the door of the chapel perilous so ray hasted on stumbling in his speed till he came to the palace and passed through its halls towards his chamber at the entrance of her own place he met meriamun the queen there she stood in the doorway like a picture in its sculptured frame nor could any sight be more beautiful than she was clad in her royal robes and crowned with the golden snakes Her black hair lay soft and deep on her, and her eyes looked strangely forth from beneath the ivory of her brow. He bowed low before her, and would have passed on, but she stayed him. "'Whither goest thou, Ray?' she asked. "'And why is thy face so sad?' "'I go about my business, Queen,' he answered. "'And I am sad because no tidings come of Pharaoh, nor of how it has fared with him and the host of Apura.' perchance thou speakest truth and yet not all the truth she answered enter i would have speech with thee so he entered and at her command seated himself before her in the very seat where the wanderer had sat now as he sat thus of a sudden miriam the queen slid to her knees before him and tears were in her eyes and her breast was shaken with sobs And while he wondered, thinking that she wept at last for her son who was dead among the firstborn, she hid her face in her hands upon his knees and trembled. "'What ails thee, queen, my fosterling?' he said. But she only took his hand and laid her own on it, and the old priest's eyes were dim with tears. So she sat for a while, and then she looked up, but still she did not find words and he caressed the beautiful imperial head that no man had seen bowed before. What is it, my daughter? he said, and she answered at last, Hear me, old friend, who art my only friend, for if I speak not, my heart will surely burst. Or if it break not, my brain will burn, and I shall be no more a queen, but a living darkness, where vapors creep, and wandering lights shine faintly on the ruin of my mind. Mindest thou that hour? It was the night after the hateful night that saw me Pharaoh's wife, when I crept to thee and told thee the vision that had come upon my soul, had come to mock me even at Pharaoh's side. I mind it well, said Ray. It was a strange vision, nor might my wisdom interpret it. And mindest thou what I told thee of the man of my vision, the glorious man whom I must love? He who was clad in golden armor and wore a golden helm, wherein a spear-point of bronze stood fast? Yes, I mind it, said Ray. And how is that man named, she asked, whispering and staring on him with wide eyes. Is he not named Eperitus, the Wanderer? And hath he not come hither, the spear-point in his helm? And is not the hand of fate upon me, Meriamun? Hearken, Ray, hearken! I love him as it was fated I should love. When first I looked on him as he came up the hall of audience in his glory, I knew him. I knew him for that man who shares the curse laid aforetime on him, and on the woman, and on me, when in an unknown place twain became three and were doomed to strive from life to life and work each other's woe upon the earth i knew him ray though he knew me not and i say that my soul shook at the echo of his step and my heart blossomed as the black earth blossoms when after flood seahorse seeks his banks again a glory came upon me ray and i looked back through all the mists of time and knew him for my love and i looked forward into the depths of time to be and knew him for my love then i looked on the present hour and naught could i see but darkness and naught could i hear but the groans of dying men and a shrill sound as of a woman singing an ill-tale queen said ray I an ill tale, Ray, but half untold. Hearken again; I will tell thee all. Madness hath entered into me from the Hathor of Ataricis, the Queen of Desire. I am mad with love, even I who never loved. Oh, Ray, Ray! I would win this man. Nay, look not so sternly on me. It is fate that drives me on last night i spoke to him and discovered to him the name he hides from us his own name odysseus laertes son odysseus of ithaca ay thou startest but so it is i learned it by magic and wrung the truth even from the guile of the most crafty of men but it seemed to me that he turned from me though this much i won from him that he had journeyed from far to seek me the bride that the gods have promised him the priest leaped up from his seat lady he cried lady whom i serve and whom i have loved from a child thy brain is sick and not thy heart thou canst not love him Dost thou not remember that thou art queen of Khem and Pharaoh's wife? Wilt thou throw thy honour in the mire to be trampled by a wandering stranger? Ay, she answered, I am queen of Khem and Pharaoh's wife, but never Pharaoh's love. Honour! Why dost thou prate to me of honour? Like Nile in flood, my love hath burst the bulwark of my honour, and I mark not where custom said it for all around the waters seethe and foam and on them like a broken lily floats the wreck of my lost honour talk not to me of honour ray teach me rather how i may win my hero to my arms thou art mad indeed he groaned nevertheless i had forgotten this must needs end in words and tears miriam i bring thee tidings he whom thou desireth is lost to thee for ever to thee and all the world she heard then sprang from the couch and stood over him like a lioness over a smitten stag her fierce and lovely face alive with rage and fear is he dead she hissed in his ear dead and i knew it not then thou hast murdered him and thus i avenge his murder with the word she snatched a dagger from her girdle that same dagger with which she had once struck at memta her brother when he would have kissed her and high it flashed above rei the priest nay she went on letting the knife fall after another fashion shalt thou die more slowly rei yes more slowly thou knowest the torment of the palm tree by that thou shalt die she paused, and stood above him with quivering limbs, and breast that heaved, and eyes that flashed like stars. "'Stay, stay!' he cried. "'It is not I who have slain this wanderer, "'if he indeed is dead, but his own folly. "'For he is gone to look upon the strange Hathor, "'and those who look upon the Hathor "'do battle with the unseen swords, "'and those who do battle with the unseen swords.' must lie in the baths of bronze and seek the underworld the face of meriamun grew white at this word as the alabaster of the walls and she cried aloud with a great cry then she sank upon the couch pressing her hand to her brow and moaning how may i save him how may i save him from that accursed witch alas it is too late but at least i will know his end "'Aye, and hear of the beauty of her who slays him. Ray, she whispered, "'not in the speech of Kem, but in the dead tongue of a dead people. "'Be not wrath with me. "'Oh, have pity on my weakness. "'Thou knowest of the putting forth of the spirit. "'Is it not so?' "'I am instructed,' he answered in the same speech. "'Twas I who taught thee this art.' i and that ancient evil which is thine true it was thou ray thou hast ever loved me so thou swearest and many a deed of dread have we shared together lend me thy spirit ray that i may send it forth to the temple of the false hathor and learn what passes in the temple and of the death of him whom i must love an ill deed meriamun and a fearful he answered for there shall my spirit meet them who watch the gates and who knows what may chance when the bodiless one that yet hath earthly life meets the bodiless ones who live no more on earth yet wilt thou dare it ray for love of me as being instructed thou alone canst do she pleaded never have i refused thee aught, meriamun nor will i say thee nay This only I ask of thee, that if my spirit comes back no more, thou wilt bury me in that tomb which I have made ready by Thebes, and if it may be, by thy strength of magic, wring me from the power of the strange wardens. I am prepared. Thou knowest the spell. Say it. He sank back in the carven couch and looked upwards. Then Meriamun drew near to him. "'gazed into his eyes and whispered in his ear "'in that dead tongue she knew. "'And as she whispered, the face of Ray "'grew like the face of one dead. "'She drew back and spoke aloud, "'Art thou loosed, spirit of Ray?" "'Then the lips of Ray answered her, saying, "'I am loosed, Meriamun. Whither shall I go?' "'To the court of the temple of Hathor, "'that is before the shrine.' "'It is done, Meriamun. What seest thou? I see a man clad in golden armor. He stands with buckler raised before the doorway of the shrine, and before him are the ghosts of heroes dead, though he may not see them with the eyes of the flesh. From within the shrine there comes a sound of singing, and he listens to the singing. What does he hear?' then the loosed spirit of rei the priest told meriamun the queen all the words of the song that helen sang and when she heard and knew that it was argive helen who sat in the halls of hathor the heart of the queen grew faint within her and her knees trembled yet more did she tremble when she learned those words that rang like the words she herself had heard in her vision long ago telling of bliss that had been of the hate of the gods and of the unending quest now the song ended and the wanderer went up against the ghosts and the spirit of rei speaking with the lips of rei told all that befell while miriam hearkened with open ears ay and cried aloud with joy when the wanderer forced his path through the invisible swords then once more the sweet voice rang and the loosed spirit of ray told the words she sang and to miriam they seemed fateful then he told her all the talk that passed between the wanderer and the ghosts now the ghosts being gone she bade the spirit of ray follow the wanderer up the sanctuary and from the loosed spirit she heard how he rent the web and of all the words of helen and of the craft of him who feigned to be Paris. Then the web was torn, and the eyes of the spirit-ray looked on the beauty of her who was behind it. Tell me of the face of the false Hathor, said the queen. And the spirit of Ray answered, Her face is that beauty which gathered like a mask upon the face of dead Hathaska, and upon the face of the Bai, and the face of the Ka." when thou spakest with the spirit of her thou hadst slain. Now Miriam groaned aloud, for she knew that doom was on her. Last of all, she heard the telling of the loves of Odysseus and of Helen, her undying foe, of their kiss, of their betrothal, and of that marriage which should be on the morrow night. Miriam the queen said never a word, but when all was done, and the wanderer had left the shrine again she whispered in the ear of rei the priest and drew back his spirit to him so that he awoke as a man awakes from sleep he awoke and saw the queen sitting over against him with a face white as the face of the dead and about her deep eyes were lines of black hast thou heard meriamun he asked i have heard she answered What dreadful thing hast thou heard, he asked again, for he knew not of that which his spirit had seen. I have heard things that may not be told, she said, but this I will tell thee, he of whom we spoke hath passed the ghosts. He hath met with the false Hathor, that accursed woman, and he returns here all unharmed. Now go, Ray. End of chapter 8